the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's no place like home for the holidays. Actually, here in Pennsylvania and many other places, uh, home is the only place for the holidays. We were all told the new restrictions by our aunt a couple of days ago. And that brings me to what we do here every Friday. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Now, I don't know how this person has missed out on the award, but this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week award goes to Dr. Rachel Levine. Around here, we refer to the doctor as Aunt Rachel. Earlier this week, Aunt Rachel announced some new restrictions, and they go something like this. Travelers visiting Pennsylvania from another state or Pennsylvanians visiting other states must get a negative COVID test within 72 hours before entering the state or otherwise quarantine for 14 days. A strengthened mask order requires people to wear a mask anytime you are outside the home, including anytime you are with people from outside of your household. This includes in restaurants, in retail stores, in parks, and everywhere else. Did you get that? Everywhere else. I ran into an everywhere else person today on my morning walk with my dogs, a nice woman that I've seen there many times, but she was walking her dog in the woods on a path, not a human other than me in sight. And I'm talking about a path, a narrow path through heavy woods. And uh, she was wearing a mask. The official position on this radio program, by the way, uh, is that masks outside are useless and that was reinforced uh, by a conversations with uh, Dr. Cyril Wecht several months ago. He was on here a couple of times. And then this week, the study in Denmark showed that masks are pretty much useless everywhere else, to uh, use a couple of words there, everywhere else, useless. That study came out at about the same time that Aunt Rachel came up with the everywhere else order. Aunt Rachel, along with His Excellency Tom Wolfe, told us back in July or August uh, that it would be extremely dangerous, in their opinion, for kids to take part in fall sports. Fortunately, the PIAA ignored them, and the kids played. I think championship football games are going to be played this weekend. So how is it that Rachel and His Excellency Tom pay no price for being so wrong on something that affects so many people? Nothing. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, If if you would have listened to us, you would have ruined uh, the uh, sports careers of thousands of kids and made them, instead of being out, being healthy outside and playing and practicing, they'd have been inside. But, you know, it's okay. That's all right. We're uh, we're entitled to a couple of mistakes here and there. Anyway, how is it that uh, we're supposed to accept their recommendations for more stupidity, though? And Aunt Rachel just said the other day that we should be expecting to wear masks, are you ready, until at least the end of 2021. Pretty sure that's a year from now. And it's insanity like that that makes Aunt Rachel Levine the winner of the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And you know what? It was actually kind of a close race for the award this week. When we come back after the break, you're going to hear from a guy who almost won the Jerk of the Week Award. That's right. This week's Jerk of the Week Award runner-up, among other things, when we come back. Stick around. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, 
Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's Windows or Us Pittsburgh.com. Windows or Us Pittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411 411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text money to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text money to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So before we get to our uh, Windows R Us uh, Jerk of the Week runner up, which we don't do it, this is the first time I've done that, but uh, it's not, a, I guess it's not an official award, but. Um, I think you might be surprised by who I picked for that award, but uh, that's coming up in just a minute. I wanted to make sure I, because we, we came out of uh, our last, our, our announcing um, this week's uh, Jerk of the Week award being Dr. Rachel for the uh, new restrictions. And uh, so we're, you know, we're still talking about COVID-19. What is this, eight months later? Anyway, this is, uh, this is the kind of story I like to see. Uh, and remember, we had Cyril Wechton, who's a pathologist, and it's one of the top pathologists in the world, world-renowned pathologist from Pittsburgh. We had him on uh, maybe June, late May, I don't know. It was pretty early in this insanity. And he said that he was laughing at people who were wearing masks outside and saying it was just none of this would be happening if it were not an election year. So he's a pathologist. So then I see this headline. Uh, I think I saw it this morning. Top 
pathologist claims COVID-19 is, quote, the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting, unsuspecting public. This is a Canadian. This is a guy in Canada. A top pathologist, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, told government officials in Alberta during a Zoom conference call that the current coronavirus crisis is, quote, the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. How do you like that? All the stuff that you're going through now, what if this guy's right? That this is the greatest hoax ever per, uh, perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. Now, he's also an expert in virology, uh, which is, you know, what uh, is studying viruses. Uh, he, he pointed out that his role as a CEO of a biotech company that manufactures COVID tests means, quote, I might know a little bit about all this. That's what he said. And then Dr. Hodge, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hodkinson said, there is utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians. It's outrageous. This, he says it again, this is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public that's uh, Dr. Hodkinson, and then he says more. He said nothing could be done to stop the, fre- the spread of the virus besides protecting older, more vulnerable people, and that the whole situation represented, quote, politics playing medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. And then Dr. Hodkinson said, now uh, this should make you feel great as you're following all these stupid rules that we have to follow. Um uh, Hodkins and, and, and they're reintroducing the, the, the rules that we thought maybe we were finished with uh, a couple of months ago. They seem to be coming back. Anyway, he said, social distancing is useless because, how about that for a statement? Social distancing is useless. That's what he said. Because COVID is spread by aerosols which travel. This is a guy who's a, is a, uh, an expert on this stuff. Social distancing is useless because COVID is spread by aerosols, which travel 30 meters or so before landing. And he called for society to be reopened immediately to prevent the debilitating damage being caused by lockdowns. And by the way, (laughs) boy, do I love this guy. And then he said, uh, Hodkinson also slammed mandatory mask mandates. Are you ready? Completely pointless so other than that you know this guy's all for it is this is this is a um uh one of the top doctors in canada masks are utterly useless paper masks and fabric masks are simply virtue signaling they're not even worn effectively most of the time it's utterly this is the same doctor's talking it's utterly ridiculous seeing these unfortunate uneducated people I'm not saying that in a pejorative sense. Seeing these people walking around like lemmings, obeying without any knowledge base to put the mask on their face. He says, uh, he also slammed the unreliability of PCR tests, noting that, quote, positive test results do not, underlined in neon, mean a clinical infection. And that all testing, are you ready for this, should stop because the false numbers are driving public hysteria what if this guy again this is not some idiot talk show host like me this is one of the top doctors in canada listen to what he's saying he's all testing should stop because the false numbers are quote driving public hysteria you know quickly youtube and uh and twitter would be um uh censoring this guy Hodkinson said the risk of death in the province of alberta for people under the age of 65 was one in 300,000, and that it was simply outrageous to shut down society for what the doctor said was just another bad flu. I'm absolutely outraged that this has reached this level. It should all stop tomorrow. Now, this is a guy, he was speaking to um, a group uh, of government officials in a Zoom conference call. I looked at the video. There's about 50 people, it looks like, that are on the Zoom call. It's a, a huge number of uh, faces there. And he said it to all of those people. Imagine what they're thinking. I love this guy. I got to get him on the show. How do I get him? I'm going to try to find him um, next time I'm on the air here. Uh, I'm off next week, by the way. But anyway, so I see that. And then before we get to the runner-up, this is a little quote from Dwight D. Eisenhower. Remember him? Uh, I think it's from 1956. This is what Dwight Eisenhower said in 1956. 
6. Quote, We must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. Would you think that uh, if Dwight Eisenhower were to come back and visit Washington, D.C., that he would consider Dr. Fauci a member of the scientific-technological elite? I'm thinking he would. We must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific-technological elite. Dwight D. Eisenhower, 64 or 5 years ago. Now, on to the runner-up for this week's uh, uh, Jerk of the Week Award presented by Windows R Us. And, by the way, in case you missed the opening of the show, the, the winner was um, Dr. Uh, Rachel Levine, Aunt Rachel. Uh, and um, I don't think – I think it was a it was an award that – I don't know. It was a little bit late. Could have had – could have been the doctor could have won that award a while back, but it's been a lot of competition with all the politics going on. Anyway, I'm going to uh, play you right now something from last night, and uh, you'll recognize who this is. If you don't, it's Tucker Carlson. He's our runner-up, and here's what he said last night: Former prosecutor Sidney Powell, who has also served as General Mike Flynn's lawyer, for more than a week, Powell has been all over conservative media with the following story: This election was stolen by a collection of international leftists who manipulated vote tabulating software in order to flip millions of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The other day on television, Powell said of Trump that when the fraud is finally uncovered, quote, I think we'll find he had at least 80 million votes. In other words, rigged software stole about 7 million votes in this election. Here's some of what Powell said today about the software. One of its most characteristic features is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in. That was a few hours ago, but Sidney Powell has been saying similar things for days. On Sunday night, we texted her after watching one of her segments. What Powell was describing would amount to the single greatest crime in American history. Millions of votes stolen in a day. Democracy destroyed. The end of our centuries-old system of self-government. Not a small thing. Now, to be perfectly clear, we did not dismiss any of it. We don't dismiss anything anymore, particularly when it's related to technology. We've talked to too many Silicon Valley whistleblowers. We've seen too much. After four years, this may be the single most open-minded show on television. We literally do UFO segments, not because we're crazy or had even been interested in the subject, but because there is evidence that UFOs are real and everyone lies about it. There's evidence that a lot of things that responsible people use to dismiss out of hand as ridiculous are in fact real. And we don't care who mocks it. The louder the Yale Political Science Department and the staff of the Atlantic Magazine scream, conspiracy theory, the more interested we tend to be. That's usually a sign you're over the target. A lot of people with impressive sounding credentials in this country are frauds. They have no idea what they're doing. They're children posing as authorities. And when they're caught, they lie and then they blame you for it. We see that every day. It's the central theme of this show and will continue to be. So that's a long way of saying we took Sidney Powell seriously. We had no intention of fighting with her. We've always respected her work. We simply wanted to see the details. How could you not want to see them? So we invited Sidney Powell on the show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her the entire week, actually, and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story. But she never sent us any evidence, despite a lot of requests, polite requests, not a page. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either, nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right. We're with her there. But she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another. Not one. So why are we telling you this? We're telling you this 
because it's true. And in the end, that's all that matters, the truth. It's our only hope. It's our best defense. And it's how we're different from them. We care what's true, and we know you care too. That's why we told you. Maybe Sidney Powell will come forward soon with details on exactly how this happened and precisely who did it. Maybe she will. We are certainly hopeful that she will. What happened with the vote counting this month and at the polling places in Detroit and the polling places in Philadelphia and so much else actually matters. It matters no matter who you voted for. It matters whether or not you think this election is already over. Until we know the answers to those questions conclusively and we can agree on them, this country will not be united. Okay, now, uh, there's nobody who um, is uh, more of an admirer of Tucker Carlson than I am. He's the best person on television, and I don't think it's close. Talking about, obviously, in that genre of being a a news anchor or even a news reporter or commentator. He's more of a commentator. Um, Not just because of what he says, which I'm 99% in agreement of, but because of how he presents it, I know a little bit about what makes a person good on TV. Um, uh, and he is really, really good at TV. As He's as good at it as anybody who's ever done it, by the way. I mean, that's how good he is. So, But what he said, what you just heard him say there, I thought was really, really dumb. Uh, the fact that he, first of all, it, it seemed it, 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 he came across as very arrogant. Uh, and suggesting that Sidney Powell should drop everything and come on the show just because he wants her on there. But uh, she's got some really complicated stuff to present, and maybe she didn't think it was time yet, or maybe she just didn't like uh, what he was, the way he was treating her, but this is what she ended up... She, didn't, she said she didn't want to be contacted by him anymore, but this is what she said to Marie Bartiromo of Fox this morning. All right, Sydney, I, I want you to respond to what Tucker Carlson said last night, Sydney. I don't know if you watched it, but uh, Tucker Carlson said that uh, he had invited you on his show to share evidence of uh, the software flipping votes. Uh, and he, he said you got angry and refused to provide evidence for your claims of voting software flipping votes. How do you respond to Tucker Carlson? Did you get angry with the show because they texted you and asked you to please provide evidence of what you're uh, alleging? Uh, No, I didn't get angry with the request to provide evidence. In fact, I sent an affidavit to Tucker uh, that I had not even attached to a pleading yet uh, to help him understand the situation. And I offered him another witness who could explain the mathematics and statistical evidence uh, far better than I can. I'm not really a numbers person. But he was very insulting, demanding, and rude. And I told him not to contact me again in those terms. A lot of people out there want to believe what's happening and what you are presenting because they want to make sure that this was a fair election and they want to make sure that their vote counted. Do you believe that you will be able to prove this in court in the next two weeks? I recognize you you have said and Jenna Ellis has said we're not litigating this for the public media. We're not on a TV show. We want the courts to see the evidence and it may go up to the Supreme Court. You've got about two weeks, Sydney. Will you be able to present, are you planning to present actual evidence of all that you've said, Dominion voting machines, uh, swapping votes from Trump to Biden, as well as an effort to actually change the results of an election? You'll be able to prove that in court in the next two weeks. Yes, I fully expect we will be able to prove all of it in court within the next two weeks, although the fraud case itself doesn't have to be done within the two weeks. But we have more than enough evidence now. We have more evidence now than half the prison population is imprisoned on of this egregious fraud. I mean, the evidence uh, is really stunning, I- Maria. Really? Okay, what's, what's the most stunning, most egregious? Give me one thing that's the most egregious and most stunning, Sydney, as, as we wrap up here. Well, one of the most impressive pieces of evidence is the affidavit of the young military officer who saw it all done and was there when it was created. He knows exactly how it works. He was briefed on it. And many other people are talking every day about how it works. Yeah, well, (laughs) 
more evidence than was uh, against most of the people who are now in prison. She isn't messing around. Sydney Powell is uh, not somebody to fool around with, and I hope she's right, and I'll be back. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump has issued regulations that could lower the prices Americans pay for many prescription drugs. The administration's rule to tie what Medicare pays for prescription medications to the lowest price paid globally by advanced countries is termed the most favored nation's approach. It's been two and a half weeks since Election Day. President Trump has yet to concede the election to former Vice President Joe Biden. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says there's a legitimate reason for the absence of the concession, namely a lot of question marks about the way some of the ballots have been counted in various states. The White House Coronavirus Task Force member and CDC Director Dr. Robert Redfield said today he thinks the decision to close some schools has been based more on motion and not on the data, noting that high schools are simply not a source of the problem when it comes to COVID-19. This is SRN News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Most of us didn't see this coming. In fact, we've been stunned as we watch it unfold. America's young people have become so indoctrinated that more than half of them now think socialism is a good idea. How did this happen? We weren't paying attention. All the nation's schools taught this confounding ideology to our kids. Now those kids are adults. Now they want to fundamentally change the way America works. This radio station exists to educate and to return this country to the way it was founded. We have a country safe. Keep listening to find out how. AM 1250, the answer. The coronavirus pandemic and state-ordered restrictions on travel-related industries resulted in massive declines in passenger counts at airports nationwide. Pittsburgh International is no exception. So, is the worst over at Pitt? What is the propriety of continuing subsidies for airlines there? And what might be the fate of the airport's billion-dollar-plus terminal project? Learn more at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy wisdom has been challenged since 1995. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Now that Friday congestion out there on the Parkway East inbound side, seeing some delays. Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West looking a little backed up inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound heavy around Green Tree as well. Pan Avenue, Wilkinsburg under construction. That's between Route 8 and Graham Boulevard. Work goes till 7 p.m. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Mainly cloudy skies for tonight with a low 44. Rather cloudy tomorrow with a high 51. Tomorrow night, mainly cloudy skies with occasional late night rain and drizzle with a low of 40. Mostly cloudy on Sunday with a few showers and a high of 53. And Monday clouds making way for some sunshine and a high 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, all the discussions about schools right now is, uh, is, is whether or not kids should be going to them. And right now they seem to be closing down again in a lot of places, including around here. There are lots of theories about how much kids are going to be hurt by that. But when things do return to normal, another problem will be returning, and that is... Uh, how to teach boys who seem to be getting left behind. Vermel Green is the uh, author of Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy, Ten Steps to His Success in School and in Life, and she joins us now. Vermel, thanks for being here. Oh, and thank you for inviting me, John. How are you today? Just sparkling, just sparkling, doing well. <laughs> sparkling, that's a good way to be. So um, <laughs> you, you've been a teacher for over 40 years. Um, I see here, and the, the title of your book seems to say that you don't think boys are being taught like they're boys, enough anyway. They're not. They're really not. When you have a profession that's over 77% female, especially at the elementary level where it's even higher, they're going to teach. In fact, I was a teacher. I taught the way I learned. And so you're connecting with the girls, but you're not connecting with the boys. So our little boys are falling behind, not just in elementary, but even in the higher grades, because they're not getting that foundation. But teachers, they really want the best for their students. It's just that they are not being trained themselves on how to teach boys, that boys learn differently than girls. You know, I went to, a Catholic, I went to Catholic schools through grade school and, and even the first year of college, uh, you know, grade school, high school, and college, and... Um, in grade school, I think I had um, I had two male teachers that I can remember, but I was taught by nuns. Now I don't know the nuns that taught. This is a long time ago, Vermel, when nuns were nuns, <laughs> and uh, you. I don't know. I think they did a pretty good job of handling boys because there was you know there was discipline. Um, I don't know. Is that it's is in public school? You say that they're just seventy seven percent female now. Yes, in fact, even more um, in the elementary level. But, see, nuns, they instinctively knew, or maybe just spiritually knew, <laughs> that boys need structure, they need mm-hmm. discipline, they don't, don't need someone to come in and say, okay, kids, what are we going to do today? Let's do this, let's do that. No, boys need structure. The male brain thrives on structure. That's why males kind of gravitate towards the military, because it's a very structured way of living, structured way of doing things. And so with our boys who need um, not just the structure, but they also need to be taught the basics, and they need to be taught it in a structural way, be it reading or even math. Well, I went to an all-boys Catholic school uh, Uh uh, for high school. Uh, a million years ago, and it was the best thing I ever did. There's still a, an all-boys uh, Catholic school here in Pittsburgh, Central Catholic, uh, which still does very well. How do you feel about single-sex education? I applaud it because boys, like I said, who learn differently than girls, sometimes they just can't keep up with their faster talking, faster reading, faster writing female counterparts. In fact, when I retired from the public school system, I started a school for boys um, in uh, Prince George's County, which is right outside D.C., Sacred Life Academy for Boys, because we wanted to teach boys the way they learn. We wanted to have a very structured program. 
where we could spend time on helping the boys develop their skills, their reading skills, their math skills, using a curriculum that was very boy-friendly. Even it came down to the, the classroom libraries. No Little House on the Prairie, no Alice in Wonderland, and let's have the fairy tales. No, we had our library stocked with Guinness Book of World Records, monster books, bug books, you know, all the kind of books that boys love. That unfortunately, teachers, again, because they haven't been trained properly, um, or at least not in the way that the male brain processes information, we wanted to make sure that our teachers knew that in order to teach boys and to help them to achieve, you need to approach and, and, and uh, deliver your instruction in a certain way. Um, and, you know, today there's, there's a movement toward uh, gender neutrality and not defining roles for boys and girls, women and men. Um, I'm just, uh, is, is that a tide you're going to be going against now, to trying to get boys to be taught like boys or as boys? Well, it may be. It may be. But people have to realize, those who, uh, who criticize, when I do workshops, who criticize me for being too binary, they have to realize that, those kinds of social constructs are just that, social constructs, that that is not biology. And I used to teach biology, and I know that there are certain <laughs> things that about a boy, they're going to be true, whether he dresses in a skirt, whether he dresses in overalls. Mm -hmm. his, his, his basic uh, brain operations, brain functioning, his cell structure, his chemical makeup, unless it's artificially altered or tried to be altered, artificially altered, is going to be the same. That little boy is still going to be a little boy. We're talking to Vermel Green. She wrote the book, Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy, Ten Steps to His Success in School and in uh, Life. Uh, so boys' and girls' brains are different. Is that what you're saying? And, and, and I sure if am. they are, are, are enough teachers aware of that at this point? Um, I don't think so, John. In fact, I know so. Um, I once did a conference, and I do a lot. I did a conference once, and I had close to 300 educators, teachers and administrators in the audience, and I asked them, with, by a show of hands, how many of you have ever been taught or had a class where you were told that boys learn differently than girls? And out of those 300-plus people, maybe 25 or 30 hands went up. They're not being taught in undergrad school. They're not even being taught from um, in uh, professional development workshops after they start teaching, and I can speak from experience. I never knew that. I was in a classroom and an administrator and a principal for a lot of years, and I was never taught that. It was only until I realized that something's going on with our boys, you know, because I started out in high school, and we just blamed the lower grades. But when I was in elementary school, we, and I began to see just where the issues started. And I saw that our boys are not being treated, not being taught the way that they learn best. That's interesting, because uh, I was going to say, you, you uh, were a teacher for over 40 years, and I, I wanted to ask you if, if you were trained, and you say that uh, that really wasn't and even that far back, that wasn't even discussed back then, but it didn't seem to be needed. Uh, maybe more common sense was around then, and people, <laughs> uh, you know, teachers just knew. Well... Um, I started teaching in 1974, so I was in the classroom, oh, maybe about before I started my school. I was in the classroom for about 25, 26 years. Mm -hmm. But after I started my school, and right before I started my school, I began to do my own research. Mm -hmm. Because they tell us about multiple intelligences and learning styles, but they never taught us that the way that you learn is affected by your gender. That... For example, language processing in the male brain, boys' brains or male brains process language on just one side of the brain. Girls on both sides of the brain. That's why, and I'm speaking in generalities now, girls yeah. tend to speak before boys. They learn to speak, they learn to talk, they learn to read before boys because they have a strength in their language processing. And so when you have these little boys starting school who are barely five years old and their brains haven't really baked yet, then they are trying to compete with these little girls who maybe have been talking and some of them even reading, you know, at least a year prior to that. 
And so their teachers are thinking, well, there must be something wrong with these boys. Maybe he needs medication. He wants to jump around. He doesn't want to sit still. Perhaps yeah. he needs to be in special education. Perhaps he needs um, uh, uh, some kind of special program. And so they're relegated. Our poor little boys are relegated to special education classes, and they're deemed that they are almost treated like they're defective girls. And that's really uh, scary and, and sad because you're talking about a lot of boys, and and um, I, you know, it's been so long ago since I was in grade school uh, that I don't even. Re- I mean, as I said, I, I just remember the nuns. If they said to stop fooling around, you stop fooling around because they'd come uh-huh. down and slap you around, which is fine with me. But um, so, and boys knew that you know the, you had to control yourself. But uh, if if that is so prevalent that 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 there are teachers in schools everywhere who don't understand the difference between boys and girls, that's a pretty scary proposition. It is, John. It is because. Um, and it's borne out in, in test scores. Our boys are at the top of suspension and expulsion rates and at the bottom of test scores. And it's not just an American problem. This is happening internationally. There is a test called the PISA test, P-I-S-A. I forget uh, what the acronym stands for, but it's a test for 15-year-olds in every industrialized country in the world. And it has shown over the past several years that boys be, it they, be they in India, be they in Finland, be they in Italy, they are uh, scoring below their female car- counterparts, especially in reading. What happens also in this country, John, is that there's not the advocacy for our boys um, as, uh, as is true for our girls. When girls weren't doing well in the math and sciences back in the 80s, Oh, my goodness, the girl advocacy groups began speaking up, saying, we've got to change curriculum. We've got to change the way math is being taught, science is being taught, because they want to help the girls. So they began to put more language and reading in math. It was no longer good enough to know that 2 plus 2 was 4. You had to explain in detail why 2 plus 2 was 4. And if you couldn't, you got a lower grade than someone who perhaps got the answer right, but they couldn't explain it well. And that was, that's what was true here in Maryland and the test that we used to administer years ago. So what well, happens with the girls, they're being helped in their, in their areas where they're not doing well. But, okay, and that's all right. I used to be a little girl, you know, help us. But do the same thing for the boys. Why can't we have advocates for the boys saying, look, the boys need help in reading. The boys need help in writing. Why don't we start changing the curriculum to help them? And it's not being done, not on a large scale. Well, Vermel, what, what you're, you seem to be doing here is making a really good case for, for um, uh, single-sex education. Um, well, you know, we definitely, I, 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 like I said, that is one strategy, but teachers can still have co-ed classes and just modify their instruction to help the boys. And what's going to help the boys isn't going to hurt the girls. One of the things that we do at my organization, the boysinitiative.org, is offer resources and um, informational articles to those who are teaching boys, to parents of boys, because parents themselves, they need to become the first advocates for their sons. When they have uh, their sons' conferences and they're being taught and being told that, you know, there's something wrong with your son, he's not achieving, perhaps he needs to be evaluated, perhaps he needs medication, those parents ought to rise up and say, and say no way. I'm going to look for a school or a program or I'm going to help you, teacher, by giving you a book, perhaps even my book, saying this is what you need to do to help my son succeed. So parents well, you know, need to become advocates. You know, it, it, when you get to the high school level, again, speaking from experience, uh, going to an all-boys school, which I would never change. I'm glad I did it. Um, there's a certain amount of pressure that's taken off of boys when there are no girls to try to impress um, or, <laughs> yes. you know, or, or to be embarrassed in front of. And mm-hmm. I think that was a big, big thing uh, in high school, that, that guys, you know, guys were guys and you could make fun of each other and do different things that you wouldn't do if girls were around. And I'm sure the same thing was happening at the all-girls school. True, and even at the middle school level. You know, there's certain ways and certain lessons that your teacher can, certain things that your teacher can talk about that they can talk about without girls being there. Yeah. 
some heart to heart kinds of talks that they can't that aren't possible in a co-ed environment. Um, also, and I'm you almost have to understand. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm almost out of time. Uh, it's please teach me like I'm a boy. Ten steps to a success in school and in life. If you can give me about thirty seconds or forty five seconds, um, what should parents do? And when they go to a, a parent teachers meeting, or what, what should they do when they're having a, you know discussing about how their kids are being treated in schools? Well, one thing is that parents need to do their own research into boy-girl learning differences. There are many authors out there. Like I said, my book would be a good start. It's very simply reading, very user-friendly. Also, authors like Michael Gurian, Leonard Sachs, educate themselves so that when they go into their conferences, they can say, well, teachers, principal, have you read that boys learn differently than girls? Have you read some of the strategies that could be used in your classroom that won't require you buying new curriculum, just a new way to introduce the concepts? Well, Vermel, I'm out of time. I want to tell you you made a big mistake by coming on the show because I have your phone number, and when these issues come up again, you're going to be getting a call from me, so I'm warning you. (laughs) When, oh, when I, get I would when, love that. I would love that because we need to spread the word, John. Spread the word. All right. Thank you very much. For Mel Green, please teach me like I'm a boy, 10 steps to his success in school and in life. Thanks for being on. Thank you for inviting me. Take care. Okay. We'll be right back. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Thanks to Genesis 950, I can have guests for the holidays without the shame of pet stains and odors. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for my family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, decreasing engines, and upholstery. Need a holiday gift for a pet owner? They will love Genesis 950. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you will receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, 
well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota. You're listening to The John Staggerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So um, I'm going to finish up here. It's, uh, I'm off all next week, so um, I'll see you a week from Monday. But uh, I'm going to finish up here with a little story since we talked about Catholic school. My favorite teacher was Brother Henry. I had him in ninth grade. And this is an example of what you can do when it's all boys. Um, he taught algebra, and it was the last period of the day. And, you know, you want to go home, and it's tough to maintain your uh, attention and he didn't put up with that you didn't he was very funny and he had a good time in class and he'd fool around but he meant business when it was time to pay attention you're supposed to pay attention so uh on very cold days he would look and see the class was a little lethargic and he wasn't getting the responses he wanted uh you know it's like 2 30 in the afternoon so uh, i'm talking about when it's like 15 degrees out so he would go, he would uh, sell, say, okay, everybody stand up. We wore coats and ties. He'd say, take off your jackets, uh, loosen your ties, and unbutton your shirt, roll up your sleeves. And then he would uh, go into the closet and he would get out his, he, they had these long coats that they wore all the way down to their ankles because they, they wore those robes that you know came down to their ankles, the brothers. He would put this heavy coat on and also a, a hat, a winter hat, and he would put his collar up. And he would have somebody go over and open all the windows. And the windows on the room, you know, in the room were those big windows that you had to get the long pole and go up and hook onto them and pull them down. So they were huge windows, which let in a lot of air. And we would be standing there. It was 15, 20 degrees outside. And we had our sleeves rolled up and our jackets off. And you know what it was? It was a fond memory. We laughed. If there's girls in the room, there's no way you can do that. And with us... It was just funny, and we sometimes we kind of knew it was coming, and we laughed about it. And we all survived, and all the guys who were in that class, I can guarantee you, they look back on it as a fond memory and a valuable lesson that he taught us that to just not take things too seriously. I'll see you a week from Monday. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Mike and Darren for helping out. See you then. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.